Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. I'm Linda, and I'll be your host for today. Today's devotional, Spiritual or Worldly, walks us through the scripture found in 1 Corinthians 3.1. When traveling from California to Arizona, there's a line that you can see when you get to the border. You can actually place one foot in California and one foot in Arizona. Now, I don't recommend you do that when you're driving. Pull the car over and then try it. But it is at that moment you are technically not in California or in Arizona. In order to be fully in one state or the other, you have to commit by putting both feet in one state. Only then are you able to receive the benefits of being in that state. In our devotion today, Murray mentions three kinds of man's spiritual condition, natural, spiritual, and worldly. Paul defines a worldly Christian in 1 Corinthians 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to the world. How did Paul describe their behavior? He says, you are still controlled by your sinful nature. They were people who made a commitment to follow Christ, but they were not fully committed. They had one foot in the spiritual and one foot in the world, and therefore were not able to experience the full blessing of the Holy Spirit. The people of Israel were in the same conditions as these Corinthian Christians when the prophet Elijah came on the scene. King Ahab was ruling in Israel, and Scripture tells us in 1 Kings 16.30 that he was evil in the Lord's sight even more than any of the kings before him. Ah, quite the description. What made Ahab so evil in God's sight? Well, first he married Jezebel, who was a champion of her god Baal. So in order to please her, Ahab began to worship Baal and even built an idol in the temple in Samaria. In addition, he let Jezebel legislate that everyone in Israel was to worship Baal. He even allowed her to murder God's prophets. God had chosen the nation of Israel to be his people, and they were instructed over and over and over again to have no other gods but him, the one true God. The nation agreed, and a covenant between God and Israel was made. This was important because it was through the line of King David, the one who God called a man after my own heart, that the Messiah would come. And here his people again were standing one foot in God's camp and one foot in Baal's camp. God could not let this wavering continue. He was about to get their attention. The first mention of Elijah is found in 1 Kings 17. Nothing's really known about him except that he was from a hill country of Gilead. One day he appears before King Ahab with a message from God. Before God could work in Israel, he needed to get their attention. Elijah told Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain for the next few years until I give the word. Elijah boldly proclaimed that he served the one true God, but you will notice that God did not give a time that the drought would end or instructions as to how or what they were to do. After this pronouncement, scripture tells us that in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. But first, God was going to prove to Israel that he was the one true God, not Baal. 
So Elijah summoned 450 prophets of Baal and gave instructions as to what they were to do. First, they were to bring two bulls and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. When this was done, Elijah told them to call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of my Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. So the prophets of Baal went first. It was quite a scene lasting all day. They yelled and danced, and they even cut themselves until their blood gushed out. Well, nothing happened. So they shouted louder and raved all afternoon until the time of their evening sacrifice. But still, there was no sound, no reply, and no fire. Then it was Elijah's turn. First, he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down by Ahab and Jezebel. He took 12 stones to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. He also dug a trench under the altar large enough to hold about three gallons of water. Then he piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he filled four large jugs with water and poured the water on the altar. He took the gallons of water and filled the trenches to overflowing. Then Elijah finished and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. O Lord, answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are our God and that you have brought them back to yourself. And boy, did the fire come down. The fire was so hot, it burned the offering, the wood, the stones, and even the very dust on the ground. The response of the people was immediate, for they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Feet firmly planted on God's side of the road. Did Ahab and Jezebel repent? They did not. They were what Murray called the natural man. At the altar of God, the people put away the worldly, trying to serve the flesh and God, and, as Murray says, judged all things spiritual. The same decision that Elijah placed before the people of Israel, God still places before us today. Will you make a wholehearted commitment to following God's Holy Spirit and making God the God of your life? No more having one foot in the world, following the desires of the flesh, and one foot in God's kingdom. Only then will you experience all the blessings of God. Let's pray from our devotional. Lord, forgive me my stubbornness. You gave your spirit to control every aspect of my life. I ask that you lead me. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for making the Gospel Everyday Podcast an important part of your day. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet, and we'd love it if you could take a few moments to rate, review, and share the podcast. Tune in tomorrow for brand new content. If you'd like more information about Mariner's Church, download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store or visit marinerschurch.org.